It's time for the VolQuest podcast, where we dissect the biggest news items of the week. Good Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com podcast presented by our good friends at Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store focusing on natural products, organic remedies. That is Smoky Mountain Organics. Visit one of their four locations in Gatlinburg, uh, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville, their newest location in Knoxville, 8018 Kingston Pike, right across from Trader Joe's. Um, check them out online as well at SmokyMountainOrganics.com. Plenty to get to in this edition of the podcast, some football news, some recruiting news, hoops recruiting news, lots of things to dive into with Austin Price and Rob Lewis. So let's jump right into them. Guys, as uh, we broke on Monday afternoon in Tennessee release, the Volunteers will not be traveling to Provo, Utah on September the 2nd in 2023 to uh, play that football game, which is the second part of that home and home series. Tennessee instead out of that series, they will be playing Virginia in Nashville. Rob Lewis, like the move, don't like the move. Yeah, I like it a lot for Tennessee. Now, I mean, I could see how some fans might have wanted to, you know, go to Provo and just because it's, you know, so far off the, the traditional SEC beaten path. Really, you know, really cool looking venue when you, if you, you know, pay attention, you see the mountains and obviously a program with some tradition, even though they're not, you know, one of the power five schools. But if you're Josh Heupel, why do you want to play that game? I mean, I don't know what BYU's team is going to be like in two years, but tradition, you know, as far as somebody outside the Power Five, they're traditionally one of the best programs. That would have been an enormous game for them to get an SEC school there. And I think just not a lot of upside for Tennessee to play. I mean, what's AP, you know better than me. What's, what's UT's recruiting footprint like in Utah? I, I don't, it's not, not someplace they go a lot. Minute. And, and to play a game in the mid state, I think that's always a popular move when you've got. You know, so many alumni there, so many fans there, and you know, are arguably your your biggest recruiting hotbed for this program. You're better. You're better to Tennessee's got a better chance of finding DB Cooper in Utah than they do. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I I wouldn't hate it had they countered with Virginia and Charlottesville or or whatever. I, I just don't like neutral site games. I don't. I feel like there's no juice there. There's a pageantry to college football, um, you know, and so I love home and homes. You'll never get me to buy into a neutral site game unless it's a bowl game or the the playoff or the national championship game. Uh, sign me up for home and homes. Tennessee fans love to go into Notre Dame. They love to go into Cal. They love to go into Oregon. They love to go into UCLA, Oklahoma. You can name them over the years, Hubs. They've loved going on those trips. And in return, those fans have loved coming to Knoxville. You know, I mean, how many times have you seen Oklahoma or whoever come to Knoxville and rave about, you know, the atmosphere at Neyland Stadium? So, you know, I, I just wish – I mean, I, I know this is a separate deal because it's a one-off. So, we'll, we'll, we'll forgive this one. Going forward, though, I'd love to see Danny White get into home and homes. That's what traditionally college football is built on. Everybody started going to these neutral site season openers. That's not a fan. That I'm just not a fan of it. I never will be. It is what it is. Well, they go to those. A lot of that's about. Money. I know they make more money going there. I get it. That, that that's that. Here here's where I am. I'm I'm not a big neutral site guy either. Okay, I'm okay with neutral site in Nashville. Because and I'm okay because with, that, it's that, the one that's, that's a Tennessee home game. Okay, yeah. now Charlotte's different. I'm not a big Charlotte neutral site game. 
Atlanta. I don't see the I don't see the juice in that. But but in Nashville, you know, and and hey, listen, this is if I if you know one of the marketing things here in Tennessee won't sell it this way, but you, you're moving to Thursday night, not helping your 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 mid state fan base to kick off the 22 season. A little return to favor to play in Nashville to kick off the 23 season against a power five opponent. Um, interesting. One interesting note in that contract for the Virginia game, no ACC officials running that game, SEC officials running that game. So, and Tennessee's for, the home team, for, right? Yes, Tennessee's the home team. So for everybody who's like, you know, ACC officials have not been good to Tennessee, see Pittsburgh, bad spot, see uh, bowl game uh, multiple times, Tennessee will get SEC officials uh, as they take on Virginia uh, in a uh, Power 5 matchup to start off the season September 2nd, 2023. Uh, one other stadium note for Tennessee, I know a lot of people have seen the crane um, and, and thinking that the letters are coming up and going back up on the Jumbotron on the south end. Danny White's made it clear those letters are going to return somewhere, some capacity in the stadium. But that's not what they're doing in the south end right now. What they're doing with the crane in the south end right now as we noted on the board on Monday, is they are replacing the screen. And uh, with the new screen coming in in the north end, you want your technologies to match. Translation, you don't want Brent Hubbs's iPhone sitting next to Austin Price's iPhone and watching videos because they're very different because Austin has the latest, greatest. Hubbs's is cracked and trying to survive the day. So they're going to match the technologies up with, with the best technology. That way the south end, uh, the south end pitcher looks the same as the north end pitcher. So that's what's going on with the crane there uh, in the south end with that standpoint. Um, Austin, let's jump into, we'll bounce around quite a bit here. Let's jump into a little bit of recruiting on the football side of things. Um, Tennessee had Isaiah Shirley in on the, over the weekend. What do you make of that? What What's what's this week for Tennessee and recruiting? Anything? Well, I mean, coaches are out and about. Um, you know, they'll be, you know, working – Florida and, and Georgia, Alabama this week. Um, you know, uh, for Isaiah, I mean, I think Tennessee made up some ground. How much ground? You know, he's pretty smart. I mean, he said, look, man, I, I had a good time. I don't want to, you know, don't want to judge it off this. I want to let everything settle and then see how I feel. It's just a good way to look at it because, I mean, everybody kind of rides that roller coaster or visit highs. And so, you know, he was going to take, you know, a few days, go back and kind of reassess and see where Tennessee's at. Um, but clearly they did a, a good job yesterday. But is it enough? I don't know. I mean, they're a little bit late to the party in this one. And so, you know, they, they've made up ground before, but they've also been buried before and not been able to dig themselves out. So, you know, uh, I guess time will tell whether Tennessee, uh, what, which case that that is for uh, Isaiah Shirley. Yeah, I think the big question is, will they get him back for an official visit, right? Because, I mean, I think that's yeah. going to be – and he wants to do something late summer um, yes. from a timetable standpoint. So um, I think to be in that one, in that they've got to get him back for an official visit. I don't think one visit is going to be enough. No, I agree with uh, that. He has to be him. back for an official. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's exactly right. Th this week, coaches are on the road. Nothing really expected for um, this weekend at this point, subject to change, obviously, as we found out last week. Cardell Tate slips into town. We'll get to that in a second. Um and then the, the big one is is Memorial Day weekend, um, Austin. And, and you had a list of names in the war room last Friday. Of that list of names, it's the biggest weekend for whom? For I'm Tennessee's go, standpoint. 
For me, I'm going to go Vic Burley because I think Tennessee's behind. I think everybody's behind Clemson right now, and they need a big weekend um, with Vic Burley to to kind of catch up or, or whatever. I, I just, you know, I think that's a big weekend, you know, for him. Um, outside of that, I mean, I think it's a big weekend for Sean Davion Bradley. Can Tennessee can further cement themselves as a real factor in this for the long run for him? Um, and then, you know, kind of who else makes it in? Does Tony Mitchell make it in? I mean, he flirts back and forth, but does he really make it in? Um, you know, what about the, you know, the, the receivers, you know, who makes it in out of that group? Aiden Mizell, this will be his first time to Knoxville. You're going to get Nathan Laycock back over from Raleigh. Um, of course, Nico will be here and, you know, he works it as hard as anybody, but at the same time, I mean, you know, kids are going to do what they want to do. So, you know, I, I think it's just a big weekend in general. Um, but, you know, specifically, I think Big Burley is the one you look at because you're trying to you're trying to play a little bit of catch up, in my opinion, right now. And, uh, you know, I think that weekend will be the determining factor whether Tennessee's got a shot or not coming out of it. If he's staying on the defensive line, what about Rico Walker? How, how deep is Tennessee in there? I mean, they're in there. I mean, it, you know, them in North Carolina. Um, you hey, know, that's the top 11. Yeah. <laughs> He just he just released his top eleven, yeah. and I'm not picking on the uh, Rico. I like I like him. He's he's a, he's a super nice kid. But I mean, sounds to me like AP he he's still quite a bit of ways away from sort of being anywhere. You think it's sort of two, and then the other ones on the list. You think North Carolina, Tennessee, kind of separated themselves from others? Yeah, I do. I mean, you know, not to say that you know that other schools aren't in it. It just kind of feels that way to me right now. Um, you know, North Carolina is a school that, 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 you know, he likes a good bit, you know, so, you know, I think that, you know, getting him back over here so soon, he was here just, you know, what about a month ago, uh, a little less than that, you know, I think getting him back over here, um, in relatively quick fashion is, is big. Again, I, I think it's a big weekend for all involved, but specifically when you start talking about D line, Tyree Weathersby, you start talking about, you know, some of those, those linemen that Tennessee wants to add in this class. You know, I think that that's a big weekend for all those kids. I mean, it looks like Keldrick Falk, who everybody, you know, who Tennessee thought was coming in, won't make it in. He's put out his top four now, and it's a weird top four. Most people pegged him to kind of go to Alabama long term. They're not in the top four. Now there's Georgia. It's Clemson, Florida State, Florida, and Auburn. And and Auburn's such a dumpster fire that that you know that that you know made, made local kid for from Alabama kid to see just stay close to home and understand that you know he's probably not going to be playing for you know, the guy that's currently recruiting him. Yeah. Interesting that, that, that's the four, that, that those are the four you mentioned. Cause like you say, I mean, three of the four that you thought would be on there are not on there. Uh, so what, what does that one look like in another month from now? Does he take more, more trips at, at any point? Uh, interesting. What, what do you make of the Carnell Tate trip this past weekend, Austin? Obviously it's not a bad thing for Tennessee in any way, shape or form. No, not at all. I mean, I, I again, he wasn't going to be able to make it in for Memorial Day weekend. He's a, he's at a seven-on-seven seven tournament out in L.A., which is, you know, interesting. He's going to L.A. when Nico's leaving L.A. and coming out here. Um, you know, but he wanted to get back in. And Tennessee, honestly, probably would rather him come in on a low-key type weekend. You know, I mean, sure, you know, you can look around and go, hey, you know, all those bodies being here kind of can help breed something. But at the same time, kids can also kind of get, you know, annoyed when like they're used to getting a certain level of attention and coaches are stretched thin, you know, when you got 30, 45 really big time kids in here, you know, it, it can kind of get, you know, a little, little dicey when you're talking about spending time because you don't want to, you don't want to neglect anybody. And so um, I think for Carnell, 
probably the the wise move to come in and just spend one-on-one time with the coaches. You know, again, trending the certain way. Ohio State still feels very confident. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk, you know, that, you know, people around Carnell aren't crazy about Ohio State, um, you know. But, hey, if, if the kid's making his own decision, it doesn't matter what the people around him want. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, I still think Tennessee's in a good spot here as we, uh, you know, get past the mid part of May and head into the latter part. Interesting, Rob. That's an interesting balance because the last time Carnell was in town, it was family day and there was a hundred people on campus, you know, Casper was here too. Yeah. A lot of people there. So then you're getting back in a month later and it's just him that one-on-one time has to make a, has to make a big difference. So it probably is a better impact or has a bigger impact that he's here this past weekend, as opposed to coming in Memorial day weekend. But I think it's a great mix of, you know, kind of the best of both worlds. The first time he's here, no, you don't get the, you know, the one-on-one time, but you do kind of get, get the notion reinforced that, you know, Tennessee's a hot school right now. There's, you know, a lot of kids are, are paying attention. A lot of kids are interested in, you know, when you show up for one of those big weekends, you see that that's legit. I mean, a lot of guys that you've probably heard of if you're a recruit or are there on campus with you. And then, like you say, you come back and, you know, just get all one-on-one FaceTime, the personal touch, in any kind of question, you know, that, that you want answered, anything you want to see closer that maybe you didn't get to see before. I, I think it was a great setup for Tennessee. Yep, not bad um, for, for sure. We'll see what it looks like uh, for Tennessee in terms of who all comes in. We'll continue to update those names here in the next week and a half or so before everybody comes in for that select day um, of junior day that, that's coming up at the end of the month. I want to circle Warden recruiting thing back to the Virginia game in Nashville. Uh, Austin, Tennessee doesn't go head-to-head with Virginia a lot, but Tennessee has tried and has been more involved with some kids in Virginia in this recruiting cycle. How big is the state of Virginia? Not that that game is going to tame the tide in recruiting. I don't mean that. But but how important do you think Virginia is going to be for this staff? And Do you, consider, do you con- think they will continue to try to make inroads there? Well, I mean, I think it would be smart to. I mean, traditionally, Tennessee's, you know, recruited that state fairly well over the years. And so, I mean, it seems like they're playing up there a lot more than, you know, they have in recent years. So, when you look at, you know, Cam Selden, when you look at, you know, I mean, they're you know, still trying to get, you know, in with Tony Rojas, although I think that ship has sailed. Um, you know, Cam Fleming, there's some 24s and 25s that Tennessee likes up there. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a state that, you know, Tennessee needs to recruit well, and obviously they're they're starting to, you know, look at that. I mean, it's hard not to think that a guy like Scott Altizer, too, you know, doesn't have an impact on some on, on those type of thought processes because, you know, when he was running recruiting for Tennessee years ago, Virginia was big, North Carolina was big, you know, recruiting your footprint, you know, and not just, you know, trying to spread yourself too thin out there, try to stay somewhat in that in that circle, and it looks like Tennessee's, you know, and I get, you know, Rojas is more way up there near D.C., so it's not – that's a little bigger circle. But still, Virginia is a bordering state. Yeah, and and obviously you're always balancing, you know, what's the deal in Texas? You know, is that a, is that a waste of time? Why – you know, what, what are you looking at in the state of Texas? I think it's always hard to go in Louisiana right now and get players with where LSU is. Uh, obviously, Florida's there's a, there's a lot of players down there, but you got a lot of recruiting going on with a lot of schools down there, and Florida seems to be somewhat hit or miss too on why guys are leaving the state. So uh, we'll see if Tennessee can have some success in Virginia. Again, I don't think playing Virginia has a big recruiting impact, 
uh, because you're not playing in that state. But uh, we'll see if Tennessee has any more success in the state of Virginia. Speaking of success, Tennessee's basketball staff is looking for some success on the recruiting trail via the high school ranks um, and continuing in the transfer portal as well. Um, Rob, two players in uh, on, on campus, and, and Austin, jump in here too because you obviously visited with them. Two players in on campus over the weekend, both from the high school ranks. Uh, what, what do we make of DJ Jefferson? What do we make uh, of Tamba uh, Awaka? And, and where does Tennessee with both of those guys right now? I, I mean, I think Tennessee is probably the clear-cut leader for Jefferson. And I, I think really in the thick of it for Awaka. I think with Awaka, a lot of it's going to come down to distance. Um, he's got some Northeast schools that stepped up and offered in, in, in the last month, last few weeks. And I wouldn't say Tennessee's late to the party because everybody was late to the party. I mean, he was he was considered a mid-major guy before his senior year and ha- has really turned a lot of heads. And I, I, in talking with people, both these kids are tanks for Tennessee. Um, they really like Awaka. Not sure how much he would help immediately next year, but they like his size. They like the way he plays. He's a tough, he's a big kid, 6'8", 245 pounds. And I'm not denigrating DJ Jefferson, but Tennessee's loaded on the wings and in the backcourt. I mean, that's a kid that, you know, unless he's a super, superstar, is probably going to have to wait a year before, you know, he really gets a lot of playing time. But Awaka is a guy who could come in, and if he has a good offseason – potentially help them next year, you know, at least in, you know, eight to 12 minute c- capacity with what they have coming back. But I, I think Tennessee's in a really good spot for Jefferson. When's AP, is he deciding this end of this week? Friday. And, and a walk is still, I, I think has some. Two, has three some weeks. He said two to three more weeks. He wears the goggles, Rob reminds me of Kevin Willis. Love it. <laughs> oh, the way back machine. And I would, I was actually, I'm trying to do some research and write. Uh, something on this this week, but Tennessee's done a pretty good job of adding kids late who maybe you know nobody had heard of. Going back to Rick to when Rick first got this job, I mean they they add Kyle Alexander late in, in the process. You know when he just got here with th- that first spring, who turned out to have a great career. Um, a couple years later, they added Eve, Eve Pons late, who nobody had ever ever heard of from France. Turned out to you know have have a great career, being an NBA draft pick. They added Zakai you know, just last August, which is unheard of in this day and age. So, you know, Olivier is another guy they added in the late period that nobody had ever heard of who's turned out to be an SEC starter. So my point being, just because some guys are flying under the radar, I think this staff and his head coach in particular have earned, you know, the, the benefit of the doubt in, in some of the guys that they have added who maybe nobody had ever heard of at the time who turned out to be really you know, big pieces of the puzzle for them. Rob, would you put Kevin Punter in that world? Well, that was a Donnie Tindall guy, though. Okay, so he was straight. Tra- I mean, he, Rick, inherited Rick certainly. He inherited. Rick, Rick certainly, you know, changed it. Changed sure, him, changed his sure, fortune. But but he, he was but, lucky to inherit him. I inherited him. Okay, good deal. Um, but yeah, that is a good number of guys that Tennessee has had success with late. That's still in it. It's trying to be in it for 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 Tyrese Hunter. Although a lot of people think Texas may have surged forward there with, with that one. We'll see, Rob. And what's the we is the Kansas visit still on this week? I can't find a clear cut answer. Well, I think it depends on if they've got room or not, and are Bill Self's going to make room. Now, I mean, uh, somebody told me that 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 Tyrese Hunter is a good enough transfer and a good enough player that Bill Self would make room. Yeah, if he, see, I've heard, I have heard the same thing. You know, but so 
if he I, makes, I, I, if, had, if, go ahead. I was just going to say I've heard the same thing, but I think it's different. I think it's easy to say that, but you know, is a kid really going to go ahead and, and and take that visit when there's not room and just trust that hey, there there's going to be room? I mean, I, I think that's two different things. Yeah, and and how much is how hard is Bill Self going to push to make room uh, on a returning player? You know, from a national championship team. Uh, you know, from a year ago as well. So uh, if the Kansas visit happens, I think Kansas, you know, is certainly a big factor there. I'm a little surprised there's no Gonzaga chatter from him, that it seems to be more Texas and, and Tennessee uh, right now, depending on what happens with Kansas. But um, we'll have to see. Outside of that, Rob, I think the transfer market seems to be closing down pretty quick. I think if you're looking for more bodies, aren't you, aren't you now really – looking at that the, the in the international world and, and seeing who's out there yeah that's what i think i mean i think if they any 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 new name that we hear besides those three i think will be one that will be phonetically difficult to to pronounce and we'll have to lean on ap sledmedev petrovich <laughs> let's do it <laughs> so we'll we'll keep you up to date on, on what's going on in, in the hoops recruiting world and obviously um, DJ, DJ Jefferson looks like the next scheduled guy to make a, a decision here, uh, unless Hunter was, was to do something. So we'll see what happens with Jefferson at the end of the week. A couple of big picture story things out there. I want to run by you guys and kind of get your thoughts on as well. I don't know if you saw Kurt Herbstreit's comments over the weekend about NIL. One of his comments was that he sees a time moving forward where, um, student athletes will get a slice of the TV money. Uh, to some degree, meaning the university is going to write um, student athletes a check, not necessarily an NIL deal, but they will write a check from the university. That's something that's on the table for discussion with the transformation committee uh, that Greg Sankey's a part of. Of course, we know the case uh, w- with the Austin money. Uh, the student athletes right now are getting about $6,000 a year just to, to be student athletes, essentially, as a, uh, as a part of that case ruling. Do you guys see a time where student athletes could get a slice of a network TV deal? And if so, is that the final separator from the power fives from the rest, the, the full breakaway, Rob, I'll start with you. Is that, I mean, I, because, I think yes. MTSU is not going to have the money to pay out of a TV contract. Yeah. I think yes to both questions. And I think not only, you know, maybe MTSU, but I mean, Memphis, yeah, I mean, at what point did, does that go away? I mean, you know, and I, and I guess the Vanderbilts and, you know, Iowa States of the world are, will, will be able to tread water because they're, you know, they're on the coattails of Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, Ohio State in, in their conferences. But, um, I, yeah, I think the haves and have-nots, the, the power fives, I think the gap is going to widen. And I am all in favor of kids getting a slice of that money. I mean – you're not. I, I don't care how big of a Clemson fan you are. You're not watching seven o'clock ESPN to what, see see what Dabo does on the sidelines. You're watching to see what Trevor Lawrence does or Deshaun Watson or you know T Higgins or you know same for any school. I mean th- these kids for years and years. I mean they're the show. They're they're the attraction. I'm, I am all in favor. The question the slice of the pie. The question for me is though, what's the percentage? Well, what's the percentage? And 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 whatever the percentage is, I'm sure that that there's going to be athletes that and, and and lawyers that say it's not enough. It's not enough. You know, 
and 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 then there's another court battle. I mean, like the problem is now is like these kids they get their money through NIL and they spend it quick as they can get it, and then guess what? They want more. Well, everybody and they want more. That's not and just so, kids. That's I mean that's that's ever that's most every red blooded. I American know, out but there. I mean like kids are more negligent. I mean like most of these kids, not all of them, but most of these kids are. You know, first time they're getting some semblance of money in some ways, and they just roll right through it. And again, you know, I, I just I think when you look at just these TV contracts, what's going to be the accurate percentage? You know, because I mean, these contracts are huge. I mean, ten percent of it is a huge chunk of money. You know, enormous, enormous. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be a small percentage, and remember, you're also paying every student athlete. It's not just the football players and basketball players you know, who, who would be getting that if you ever get to that point. My point with it is I'm, I'm, I'm with, I'm with Rob. I, I think at some point that's transformation committee is, is going to put enough thoughts or must enough things out there. That's going to create that true separation of the power five schools. Uh, and, and then who runs what and, and how does all that take place? I, I think is going to be interesting. The other NIL thing that's interesting, and this came out on Monday uh, is that the University of Virginia has struck a deal to allow its athletes to profit off NIL by using the school's logo, which to, to me is a monumental. I, I mean, I can't imagine many schools are going to follow that suit or, or want to follow that suit. And that may end up in court to follow that. But th that's a major change from a court. Let's look at corporate advertising for the university, right? I mean, guy can wear an orange shirt no, no power T on it and can represent for himself, whatever company he wants to represent out there. Just we're off the bank. It was a region's bank. Right. Okay. So if, if Hendon hooker did a region's bank spot or billboard or whatever, as of now he could wear an orange shirt, but no T because Tennessee has a corporate sponsorship with a bank in first horizon bank. Now that blurs that lines dramatically. If guys are going to be able to wear logos to represent competing companies. I, I think this one from a, fr from the standpoint of universities is th this is the one that's perplexing to them. They, they do not want a bunch of schools to follow Virginia's path here. In my opinion, that's my initial, yeah. uh, my initial thought just after seeing it hit. Intellectual property rights. That, that's going to be the, the word, the phrase you hear a lot. And because right now all of those, those sponsors, those corporate sponsors you're talking about have the intellectual property rights of Tennessee, which means inside the stadium and the logos. So like, you know, Zakai Ziegler can't go in and do a photo shoot inside Thompson Bowling Arena. And if he does do it outside, he can't wear a tee. So pretty, pretty, pretty significant move. In my opinion, that's a pretty significant decision uh, or deal. I, that's I, been I totally agree with you. Ever. I don't, I mean, I totally know agree. Virginia's not necessarily been the biggest player out there in the NIL world from most people's viewpoints, what they're talking about. But I can promise you every school in the, in the country saw that news and went, whoa, 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 wait, let's yeah, look I at mean, this. We, can all, we all know without mentioning names, there were some, you know, university affiliate affiliates that got sideways with some student athletes this year for post-game product placement. You know, that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 a slippery slope. It's only going to get slicker. Yep, it's certainly that. As the NIL world continues to change every single day, uh, it seems like every single hour almost. So something new in the NIL world. We'll see what dives out from that. We've got plenty of things up 
at VolQuest.com. Obviously, we had a story uh, on Monday about the change in, in venue and the change in the game. Uh, we'll have some things from Tennessee's administration, Danny White, coming up here in the next few days as well. Plenty of recruiting news, plenty of baseball things out there. Lots and lots going on right now at VolQuest.com. That's going to do it for this Tuesday edition of the VolQuest.com podcast presented by our good friends at Smoky Mountain Organics. For Rob Lewis and Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubbs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody. You've been listening to the VolQuest podcast every week here on VolQuest.